Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, friends, you know that if Joel T. Coleman and I... By the way, that's Joel T. Coleman over there. (laughs) If we're coming to you on a Saturday morning, only two of things have happened. Something really good or something really bad. Unfortunately, it is the latter. This is Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad, and no need for a second woo, Joel T. Coleman. Here with you on a late, late Friday night or Saturday morning as you're as you're getting your weekend started. Should be a joyous day. Dave, this college football is back with us and one more week until Mississippi State takes the field. But headlines for Mississippi State of the very negative variety uh, as both the university announcing that they have been hit by the NCAA in football and men's basketball. And then later, Keaton Thompson will be headed to the transfer portal. And so a team that looked primed for a a big season and still is still is but a lot of clouds now joel you were you were in starville today i was down here in jackson my day started with a uh, call letting me know i my interview with john cohen was not going to happen we see why now um this is what we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks with the potential of suspensions and an ncaa rule violations we finally get it to come to a head it's one of those things where it's, you know, there's there's a lot of bad, but there's a lot of not that bad. Where do you just fall looking at this from a perception standpoint? I think a lot of it depends on who is suspended, how long they're suspended, and which games they're suspended for. Um, because from... All that we know, and, and you know, by this point, everybody's seen the reporting, and and I know that Mississippi State hadn't come out and said anything, but the, the reporting seems very solid. The fact that these ten football players, uh, it, it's going to be an eight-game deal, and apparently, it, it seems I have not verified this part of it, but it seems others have. Um, that Mississippi State can kind of pick and choose which games those eight games are. I mean, to, to me, it, it just the way that this season is viewed, uh, as far as the impact on this season, 2019, it all comes down to who is not playing and what games. I mean, as far as this season goes, would you say that's, that's what this the success or failure of this year as, as pertains to the announcement we got today? It all comes down to who's playing what game, bottom line. Right. And like you said, we don't know the names yet, uh, and we're not going to know them all at once. That's going to be something that, you know, I would imagine this. This this seems like a very fair thought to me, that if we, when we go to the press conference on Monday, I don't know that Joe Moorhead's going to give us names at that point. He said it might not be until later in the week. It might even be the day of the game. But if somebody hands us a sheet of paper and it has eight names on it, those are the players. <laughs> and you could just go forward and say, okay, these guys are going to be suspended for some point uh, throughout the season. For you, and we talked about this a lot today on Sports Talk Mississippi, does it make more sense for you to just get the eight games out of the way, suspend it the first eight games, or do you really want to pick and choose and you know maybe do you disrupt the flow of things if you're bringing a player back after a two-week layoff at does it make more sense to just say, let's just go the first eight games and get them out of the way to you? Or, or what would you do if this was your decision to make? I think that it's a no-brainer that the first three, anyway, 
mm-hmm. you serve some you serve some suspension time. I, I just I, I think that that's if you can't be Louisiana and Southern Miss and Kansas State uh, a little bit short-handed, then you got bigger problems anyway. So I, I think for sure those first three games you gotta you gotta do that. Um, I guess. I don't have the schedule right here in front of me, although, actually, I, I do have a computer right here in front of me. So if only we had a device. If only we had a device that said these things. Um, I, I'm trying to see here. The problem comes that some of your toss-ups for whether or not this is going to be a good season is in that first eight games. I mean, obviously, that's, you know, two-thirds of your season, so there's a good chance you're going to have some toss-ups in there, but I mean, if you sit out the first eight games, we just talked about the first three, but then there's Kentucky, who I think State can beat even a little bit shorthanded, but, I mean, you could, you lost that game last year, so I guess you can make that argument. Um, at Auburn, at Auburn's a game that I think that if you want to have a chance to win it, you, you need to be at full strength, don't you? Yeah, I would uh, think. That, that, that's, um, the following week at Tennessee, another game, you and I talked about on this show, how critical that game kind of is. Hey, that's in those first eight games. Um, versus LSU, I mean, an argument can be made that you just kind of punt the LSU game and punt the Alabama game and say, hey, you're going to lose them anyway. So it's suspension. I mean, you, you, can, you can make those arguments. I don't, I'm, I'm so intrigued to see how Joe Warrior and company handle this. And the, the thing is, though, we're not going to really. I mean, I guess if we get four or five games into this thing, you know, if we get the Kentucky game and, and player X has set out now four games in a row, and we get the Auburn game and they set out five games in a row, who's the chance of the game they're just sitting out the first eight games? So I guess we would kind of know in that answer. Yeah. But we don't know the answers to some of these questions until we get to the stadium on the day of these games. Um, I, I'm so intrigued to see how, how the state does manage this. Um, do you sit out some of the guys and some of the games and some of your other guys and some of the other guys? I don't know how this is going to work itself out. And, you know, let me see how Mississippi State handles it. Because I know this is a purple thing, an educational privacy deal. But, I mean, Mississippi State fans and the people that watch these games aren't stupid. I mean, we're going to know what's going on when we have so-and-so is suspended for a violation of team rule. That's what we got out of, you know, the Nick Weatherspoon deal for right. 10 or 11 games and probably going to get it more when, when this next basketball season starts. But eh, people aren't stupid. So I'm interested to see if State does kind of take a proactive approach to this and, and let you know a little bit early so-and-so is playing because of a violation. I'm just saying to see how they handle all this. Uh, and, and I don't know how they're, how they're going to, but I mean, yeah, man, there, there were some there's some toss-ups early in the season. So I don't know that you just set them the first eight games of the year. Um, you know, the, the back half of your the, – the back corner of your schedule, I mean, three of your final four games, you should be able to win short-handed. You know, uh, yeah. you should be able to beat Arkansas, Abilene, Christian, and Ole Miss short-handed. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you want to, you know, take your foot off the gas on Thanksgiving night and use the Xbox short-handed, though, do you? I'm just saying, I think everybody is intrigued to see how this plays out. Yeah, uh, for sure. Now, I do think that as sanctions go, the suspensions is obviously a big deal, but considering these were considered by the NCAA level one violations, I feel like State got off about as well as they could. 
Um, you know, you lose a total of four scholarships. This is a team that is notoriously undersigned over the past three or four years. I don't think losing two scholarships a year is a huge deal. Uh, you lose one in I basketball. Think, yeah, I think, Go ahead. I think in your in your in your words, you have said that state has imposed. A yeah, they have at times. Yes. Uh, and then for uh, basketball, you know, losing one hurts for sure. But it's not like you know, the thirteenth guy. Is a, is a is a deal breaker for for this team one way or the other. The biggest sanction to me, obviously, beyond the suspensions, is the three years probation because now you don't have any wiggle room. If you get caught doing something else, you're going to get really smacked hard. You know, both teams right now in this state, Mississippi State and Ole Miss, are under probation, and if either one of them, so if anything, Joel, this should maybe call like a uh, an armistice where <laughs> both schools are like, we're not turning anybody in. All right, you do your thing and we'll do our thing, and let's just leave each other alone. <laughs> because right now, the, the the next one that gets gets popped is going to get popped for real. You know, it's sort of like that thing where your mom keeps telling you, okay, if you keep this up, you know, and maybe she gives you a little smack at one point, but then eventually you're going to get home and dad is going to take his belt off. That's where these two <laughs> teams are. Dad will take his belt off if you get in any more trouble. Um, but for me, like I said, I think, you know, State did about as good a job as they could have in terms of getting out in front of it, getting it reported, getting it dealt with, and and getting the process taken care of. I mean, in reality, let's assume they figured this out at the beginning of the year. You know, and it's August. So in seven months, they, they, they went through an entire NCAA investigation. Contrast that with the neighbors to the north who took four years to get this done. So... I think it. I mean, it's, it. It seems to be as painless as it's possible, and if you just keep your nose clean for three years, everything's going to be okay. Uh, but you got to do that. For I, sure. I, I, I agree with that. You know, my next few thoughts might be kind of rambling. Although some might argue that listening to this program, every thought I have is rambling. So, you know, what else is new? Um, but you know, this was not a situation where some Mississippi State staffer, you know, broke rules. This was a, a, a road tutor, and then you had some, some student athletes. And, and, and let me start that. Here we go. I saw some people blame the tutor for this. Okay, you want to you blame the tutor for this? How about it? She's a ball, too. But you also had, a, you know, 10% of your football team signing up for the services of this tutor. So, I mean, Mississippi State is, Mississippi State players, there are some Mississippi State players at fault here. You know, don't, don't fool yourself into thinking this was one tutor uh, that, that it was all her. You know, there, there's some blame to go around amongst some of these guys that wear maroon and white that made a stupid decision. Uh, bottom line, you know, don't just hang this on, on a tutor. This was, this was stupidity all over the place is what this was. Um, there, there's that. Um, you know, one of the things that I saw, and look, I, I like John Cohen. I think he's a really good athletic director, and I think he's got Mississippi State heading in the right direction. But his, his statement today that, that one tutor led these guys astray, I, that that statement, I think, might should have been worded a little differently. Yeah. I mean, you know. Uh, the players that, that are, are mean, in the position to make the choice to say, no, that's not right, I'm not going to do that. Absolutely, um, absolutely. So anyway, I just, that was part of the part of the thing. You know, I, I do think, like you said, State got off uh, 
as well as could be with this and you gotta keep your nose clean for three years. But where I was originally going before I, I knew I was gonna, you know, turn off the beaten path there was this who's what you kinda have to be scared of now is what if there's another, you know, tutor that that just randomly wants to make a little cash on the side by taking some tests for players or I mean some of this stuff it would drive me why I don't envy John Cohen and the administration of Mississippi State uh, I know that the NCAA wants you to oversee every little thing and try and keep everybody's nose clean, but sometimes, man, things just happen. And, and like, you know, you can't really blame Joe Moorhead for this. You can't blame John Cohen for this. Really, you can blame the tutor and you can blame the, the players that decided to make this decision. And, you know, what's so scary is what if a situation similar to this and you just have these random bad decisions happen in, in two or three years. I guess what I'm saying is, State better put some practices in place and make sure that stupidity doesn't happen again. Because like you said, man, when you're on probation and like you said, all this knows this team, the belt's coming off, you get popped again. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know what state does to, to ensure this kind of stuff doesn't happen again, but you got to do something. And I'm sure they did. I don't know if you'll ever know about it, but I don't know, that that would that would keep me up at night as an A D knowing that this kind of stuff can happen and no matter how much oversight's in place, you can't affect, you know, when you've got 18 to 21 year olds making bad decisions. Well, for me, you know, I'm one of those people, you know, that everybody cheats and this, that, or the other. And I believe that. And I believe there's probably something like this going on on every campus in America. That there are tests being taken for athletes everywhere. But that doesn't make it right. And when you get caught, you have to pay the piper. So I think as an athletic director, if you're asking me well, what I think John Cohen is thinking, you know, all you can do is put as much oversight into things as you possibly can. And you know, if yeah. those practices fail you, then you, know, you, you just have to do the best you can to, to modify them. But as long as it's not coming from the athletic department, and I believe, and I, again, I could be wrong, I, I did some reading on the Missouri situation and from what I can tell, it appears that there was some pressure being brought to bear from the athletic department to the tutor in question there at Missouri. Whereas here, this tutor appears to have been acting simply on her, on her own in an attempt to just, you know, make money off the athletes. Which is, you know, hey man, I'm all for the free enterprise system. Don't ever say I'm not a capitalist. But you know, <laughs> when there, there, there are repercussions sometimes. So... I think, like I said, state state did about as good a job as they could of getting this out and getting out in front of it. The the punishment it, it seems to fit the crime. Uh, I know Missouri fans are going to be a little upset, and and honestly, you know, I would not be. I don't care enough to say that if the, the NCAA wants to go back in and change Missouri's uh, uh, sanctions and take the postseason ban off. Fine, you know, you're the NCAA. You make your own rules anyway. What do I care if you change a mid mid course? I don't. So do what you feel is right there. Um, that was the first bit of, of bad news for Mississippi State. And then there was some other news, and it was bad news too. I feel like I, I may have I, I have a, a a clip. I may have to put it in here. You know what it is though, right? <laughs> I've got some bad news. However. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. <laughs> I'll see if I can't find that. I'm pretty sure I have it still. Uh, <laughs> can we have some decorum, Joel? Uh, bad news, Brian. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, th- this is how that went too. Today on the show, we get through the first segment, right? First segment, 306 to 316. And we're laying out the beginnings of what we're going to talk about in the second segment where we're really going to dive into MSU and what's going to happen with these NCAA sanctions, right? In the commercial break, 317 to 320, Keaton Thompson goes into the transfer portal. And, And suddenly, oh, the NCAA is ancient history. That's the old news. Let's talk about the new news now. So, you and I talked about Keaton Thompson all summer, and we said, we don't know what he would do. Would he transfer? It makes sense, blah, blah, blah. We never could have put a, a handle on it. I didn't think the decision would come for him as quickly as it did. Uh, but it, it, it has. He's entered the transfer portal. Now, the thing to remember with Thompson is this, and I think there's some folks bad-mouthing him on Twitter, and boy, are y'all idiots. He's just in the transfer portal. He could make a decision, and people have made decisions to come back. I don't know that that will be his decision. I don't know what his thought process is right now. I haven't spoken to him, and I guess I won't, especially if he leaves. I think we may have spoken to him for the last time. But Thompson is, is in the transfer portal now, and now what was a, a pretty experienced quarterback room now looks like grad senior who has never played a down of SEC football, has never started a game, redshirt freshman, true freshman. Not great. Not great. Joel, let me ask you this. I said this on the show today on, on Sports Talk Mississippi. Is this what quarterback rooms are just going to look like in the future? You have the established starter, and then you've got a redshirt freshman and a true freshman, and then the next year the redshirt freshman will probably transfer out, and you're just sort of cycling through this until you finally get a guy who could either start as a redshirt freshman or a true freshman? I mean, I think you're definitely going to see a lot more of these kind of rooms for sure. I mean, because... And, and, and look, I think the transfer portal is a great thing, to be honest with you, because you have guys like Keaton Thompson that comes in and, and commits to a coach that to run a certain system, and then that coach leaves, and then you've got another coach with another system, and that's not what you signed up for, and, you know, you can't get ahead. And I don't know I mean, that it's going to be new coaches driving that, though. I think it's just going to be playing time. I think, you know, if – I'm trying to think of a good example. If – if Nick Fitzgerald had come back for had been had another season, and Dan Mullen were still here, I think Keaton Thompson would be on his way out the door right now. I, I think that's going to be the new future of football. Is your your quarterback room is whoever it your may, starter is, and then freshman. It may very well be, but I, I guess what I'm saying, and I think you agree with me on this. Um, I don't blame Keaton Thompson one bit. For wanting to find a different situation. I no. mean, whenever, whenever you, you know, when Bob left and, it, you know, if you had told me that, uh, you know, I was the backup and and uh, I was going to be, you know, the, the next guy to, to host with you and then all of a sudden, you know, you bring in a, I don't know, a podcast host from, you know, maybe you bring in Roy Patterson or something <laughs> instead of me. I, I don't know what you do. But <laughs> bring in someone else. Yeah. Instead of me, when I'm be, when I've been sitting there as the backup kind of deal, and you know I might look to join another podcast. I mean that's a terrible example. I'm just I get what you're trying to say though. Like, I, I don't. You, you, you've heard me say on this show. He wants to come. Yeah, you've heard me say it on this show. I don't ever begrudge people for trying to better their life. All right, Keaton yeah. Thompson wants to play in the NFL. He needs to get on the field to do that. And maybe you know at the end of all this. This quarterback competition, 
he got the legit feeling that I, I don't think I can be a quarterback in this offense. I did the best I could. It wasn't enough. I'm not built to run this kind of offense. I need to find a place that, that works to my skill set better. And, buddy, if that's the case, go. Go and find uh, the path that gets you to millions. I don't begrudge that guy anything. He gave his all for Mississippi State. He played really hard. He was part of a big bowl win. There's nothing, you know, Keaton Thompson doesn't owe Mississippi State anything. You know, it's just, it's a bad situation for Mississippi State because now you've got so little, I mean, even with your starter, you've got so little experience. Very similar to me to what happened a year ago with LSU. When Burrow came in, they lost two transfers immediately, and all they had left was Burrow and Miles Brennan. Jalen Maiden has less experience than Miles Brennan had, but it's not a whole lot less. And then Schrader is the guy. That brings up an interesting question, by the way. We, we, you and I were of the thought process that Schrader had gotten ahead of Maiden and was the number three quarterback. Who's the number two quarterback now? Does it have to be Maiden because, you know, you want to redshirt Schrader? Or what? how is it going to work? If you want to go by who Joe Moorhead has talked about and bragged about the most, it's Garrett Schrader. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know that it will be him, but we've heard a lot more praise for Garrett Schrader over the course of this camp than we have for, for Jalen Maiden. Um, yeah, I, I look, look, I mean, Garrett Schrader is kind of like Tommy Stevens in that he's more his guy kind of deal. He, he was he was recruiting to run this offense. And I'm not saying that it's going to be Garrett Schrader, because like you said, I mean, they may want to redshirt him and give him another seat, uh, you know, a seat and to kind of sit there and marinate a little bit and, and learn this offense a little better. And so maybe you go into the year with, with Jalen as your backup. But to me, even if Jalen is your backup this year, I think long-term, next year and beyond, I mean, if you asked me to, to guess who was going to be the quarterback, I'd probably say it's going to be Garrett Trader in, in 2020. Which sort of sets up a situation where your quarterback room next year is either true sophomore or redshirt freshman Garrett Trader, true freshman Will Rogers, and who, God, who Lord knows who's the third guy. Because in that <laughs> instance, you would think, Jalen Maiden is probably going to transfer as well. But again, I just think this is the new normal, to be totally honest with you. And and it's going to take some adjusting by fans and certainly by coaches, but this is just the way that it's probably just going to have to be. Um, I think with, you know, we, we talked about this before with, with Keaton, that, you know, how many games do you really need your backup quarterback? You know, you probably have a couple of blowout wins. Maybe the first game, certainly the Abilene Christian game strikes you as that. And you might have a, a bad loss in there somewhere where you just want to get the starter out. But for the most part, Tommy Stevens, if he stays injury-free, is going to play almost all of the snaps to the point where if you just want to take him out in a game where, you know, there's one drive left to make, you can just put in Logan Burnett and get through it. So I don't think it's as big an emergency as some people are making it out to be. It is an emergency if Stevens gets hurt because I'll, I'll be honest, I think if Stevens gets hurt and they got to make a choice, they're going to go to Schrader. Gosh, man, and, and I mean, look, I, I guess Auburn's running with a, a true freshman quarterback. I mean, it, it can be done. Yeah. As a talented guy, and, and like you said, Jim Wood has praised him and praised him and praised him in this camp. But 
you know, I, I said a lot over the course of the last few months that whether it's Tom Thompson or whether it's Tony the starting quarterback, um, my outlook on this season really wouldn't have changed all that much as far as number of games that I thought they could win or lose. I, I mean, maybe marginally, I could be convinced one way or the other that, that Tommy might be marginally better than than two times. But I mean, if, if you're telling me Garrett Schrader is going to start a bunch of games for Mississippi State, yeah, my outlook on the season just changed. Well, it has to change um, unless unless he's some sort of. Yeah, that we, he's he's better than his recruiting profile led us to believe, which is very possible. There are a lot of guys that you know you don't. Not every great quarterback is Trevor Lawrence out of high school or Tua Tagovailoa. You know, sometimes you just you hit on the right guy. My guess is Joel that if State had played Dak Prescott as a redshirt freshman or even as a true freshman, he would have been okay and gotten better each year and probably might have had the same basically the same career. Maybe Schrader is that kind of guy. I don't know. I have to yeah. see him play to, to tell you that. So, for me, you know, it, it's a, it's like, it's just a, it's a tough situation. But this is why you pay Joe Moorhead three million dollars a year. It's, it's, he's got to negotiate yeah. these kind of situations. So, I, I think the QB depth chart going into Week One will read Stevens, Maiden, Schrader, but Maiden is just sort of he's sort of like just like a, a caretaker more than anything else. Just like you know, he'll he'll play, but if they need something, if something goes wrong with Stevens, it's I think it's going to be Garrett Schrader's show. I, I do I do believe that at this point. And then, like I said, at that point, Jalen Maiden is probably not long for the transfer portal uh, himself. So what not, what a what a wild month of August this has been. Yeah, between the quarterback battle, um, between learning who the quarterback is. And time leaving, and penalties that are gonna, you know, have suspensions that we don't really even know. I mean, it's gonna be a week to week roller coaster. Who's playing? Who's not playing? Um, man, this is setting up to be one just wild season. Just you just don't know from one week to the next who's playing, who's not. What's what's the strategy? You know. <laughs> I don't know. This is going to be a season like none other, I think. Yeah, it, it definitely has that kind of potential. It definitely feels that way. But at the same time, Joel, it could just be business as usual when they go out there and Stevens is really solid and the offense is better. And whatever the uh, the positional losses are, State's able to fill the, the holes. And, and it doesn't change that much, you know. So we, we have some options available to us, I, I would say. Yep, and <laughs> I, one thing's for certain, no matter what happens, you and I are going to be right here to talk about it, so uh, there's that, and there's another thing that's certain, too. Uh, Brian, I want my money back, because I've filed a freedom of information request to Mississippi State <laughs> several, several, it's been like two, two or three weeks ago now. Um, I, I've paid for it, it's whole nine yards, and they... You know, still haven't given it to me. And then they come out with this today, and I still don't have the documents I requested. Well, I don't need them now. Goodness gracious! They're going to send you. A, they're going to send you a gift card for uh, for Steak and Shake, Moe's, or Chick Fil A. <laughs> any any restaurant on campus, that gift card will be good for. So. Oh man! Which sucks because it's Chick Fil A. Uh, it's not. It's the second best chicken sandwich available on the market today. Nobody wants that. Just a sh- just a quick point. Leaving Jackson today, uh, 
we were coming up. We were. I'm sorry, coming back from Wesson. We we're coming up I-55. There's a Popeyes there. On, on there was a line out under the frontage road. People trying to get in line for Popeyes. The chicken sandwich is the real thing. That is unbelievable. I still haven't tried it yet. You waste your time. Yeah, get after it. I'm, I'm going to have to do it with, with no mayo or whatever. Well, you do what you got to do there. Yeah, that's no big deal. So, yeah. All right. All right. So, Joel and I will be back on Monday. We don't. I don't know what we're going to have to add to to it at this point. Uh, they, we were supposed to have availability with some coaches on Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon. That has been canceled. I understand. I mean, I get why. Then you know because they know what, what kind of questions we would probably have to ask. I mean, it'd be one of those things. So. I'm not saying you've got a player that's out, but if you had a player that was out, how do you coach that? How do you set your, your situation up there? So they just took that away. Fan day is tomorrow, though, uh, so a lot of people will be on campus to see the team. And then Joel and I will be back on Monday. And then Monday uh, afternoon, uh, Joe Moorhead's first game week conference. So we'll see if we can't find any information about possible suspensions of that. I don't think we'll get any, but we'll ask the questions and see what comes up. And then, well, like I said, it's game week. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, there, there, there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff asked at the first Joe-Morehead press conference for sure. Uh, you know, the, the question of who you're suspended will be asked, will be answered, who knows. The question of who is your backup quarterback now, you know, yeah. that's going to yeah. be asked. And I can't wait to see you, you know, the, the response to that. Um, I, there's so much to... I don't know that I've ever looked forward more to a, a opening week. We will have a lot to learn. I can't wait. We'll yeah, there, there's going to be so much to, to, to ask. And uh, Joe Moore's the one that, you know, don't forget last year, his first ever game press conference, he steps to the podium and begins his spiel and saying, hey, by the way, you know, your senior quarterback needs to show he ain't playing. Yeah. <laughs> so Joe, Joe's never really been one to kind of shy away from stuff. Now, I don't know how much he can actually talk about, you know, giving educational privacy laws and that sort of thing. Right. Anyway, some of this stuff, back of quarterback stuff, at least he can address. So, I'm going to be an interesting Monday for sure. We'll see how it goes. Don't forget, like I said, it's game week, so we'll have that opponent preview of Louisiana. We have a box score to get to. We're going to talk about the Egg Bowl. That should be an interesting uh, date in Thanksgiving. Two teams on probation. Uh, we've got uh, no more positional breakdowns, so we're done with those. Uh, we got our first week of picks. That'll be on our Tuesday show. So, it's game week. It's football season. We'll talk to you again on Monday. For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning, special emergency edition here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.